Welcome to Hey Ass Butt. Ooh, We're keeping it nice. with the sensual opening. Yeah, no, is... <laughs> no season, longer are season seven your... sensuality. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no longer are earbuds, your your ear eardrums. That's the word being shouted, blown yeah. out. I've decided to start caressing your ear canals. Ugh. <laughs> Why'd you have to say it like that? No, don't get my ear pregnant. It can't again. Oh, God. If I get oh, another no. ear abortion, my dad's going to kick me out. Fuck. Oh, I think just a, a lot of Rule 34 stuff just got drawn. All right, yeah. I'm, <laughs> We've I'm, all seen that episode of Family Guy. We're all adults. <laughs> I'm canceling. We're all 14-year-olds. I'm canceling the podcast over the concept of ear abortions. Um, <laughs> no, Travis, you can't. We're already so far. Oh, God. And if I don't get to talk about this episode, I will kill someone and then myself. Not to be dramatic or anything. Oh, man. <laughs> can we call this? Can we title this episode Ear Abortions? Oh, God. We'll Maybe see how not. the rest of it goes first. <laughs> Maybe if we want to keep our fans that we have. Yeah, you're probably right. God, so, this episode has everything. Ear abortions, uh, nothing else yet, but definitely that first thing. <laughs> That's the description. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, man. Man, I had to apologize to somebody last week because we opened last week's episode up with cake farts, and now we're opening <laughs> this episode oh, up with ear God. abortions. And maybe we should stop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is this, we gotta, we gotta tone it down a little. bit. Is this bit. like the time in season four where we talked about monster fucking for like five episodes in a row, and then talked about food for like another ten episodes? Not in a sex way, just in a general food oh, way. Oh. I mean, might as well be. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, what are we talking about this week? <laughs> That's not uh, your abortion. God, that's somebody's band name, though, right? It's got to be. Put it into Spotify and see what happens. Oh, God. I mean, hit us with it, Ben. Hit us. Hit us straight in our stupid faces. No, there's nothing called ear abortion. Oh, maybe maybe yeah. that's our band. Maybe this is the universe. <laughs> there is a band Travis, called. You Inter- already play bass. Ben can sing slash scream, growl, and I'll play the triangle. It'll be great. I'll nice. scream and play growl and play drums. Yeah. Yeah. No, we only need a bass and a triangle. The music is. <laughs> we don't need any more than that. All right. Well, this week I think we're talking about. I think Travis finally cried out of crawled out of his cryogenic sleep chamber where he was just playing uh, Animal Crossing for 10 yes, years. I think he's... I have because I've I've <laughs> finally chosen another game to he's, play. He's moved on <laughs> to a different video game. He has a new yeah. hyperfixation. So this week I, uh... we're talking about video games. Hell yeah. Because oh. I also have a hit video game I'm hyperfixating on and Ben's always playing something so That's true. Why, why not? Travis, what you playing now? I was going to say, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I've been playing The Last of Us, part one and part two. You sure should. Wait, but Travis, isn't Uh the playable character in that video game a woman? Hey, not only (laughs) in part two, not only is she a woman, she is a 
gay woman. Oh, well, I'm going to have to let the, the ethics board. <laughs> Someone call the Bible. Somebody call the ethics and gaming journalism board about this. Oh, fuck. I, uh, Guys, I, I still to this day do not know what Gamergate was about, and yet. It's about hating women. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. I uh, so I've been playing The Last of Us two right now. I'm not gonna. I don't want to go too far into it, uh, for spoilers reasons. And uh, but I will say that you do play as the character Ellie, who was a tiny child in the first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is gay, and it's awesome. And yeah, it's and you, got it's it's a really good game. It's a first person shooter, right? Mm. It's not first person. Oh. It's more like over the shoulder third person kind of thing okay because there's a lot of like stealth mechanics you have to do a lot of sneaking around humans that want to kill you or sneaking around zombies that echo locate yeah the clickers mm-hmm. oh man they freaked me out so much when i first came across them they look creepy it's... as fuck too oh yeah so i'm usually not into zombie stuff i'm sure i've said this on the show before like Mm-hmm. Especially in like by 2008, like really by 2010, I was done with zombies. I was like Left for Dead, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that was zombies, I was into. But yeah, I, All the zombie culture. Movies that were coming out, like yeah, yeah and like The Walking million. Dead was coming out, <clears throat> and it was just like zombies are here now, and I was like, okay. Um, not to sound like a hipster or anything, but once zombies got mainstream, I was off board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody and their mom was making a zombie like intellectual property. It was just too they, fucking much. Too saturated. Zombies were the big thing, I feel like, after and around vampires. And it was just, Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm with you, Travis. I got off the zombie train real quick around that time um yeah. just because i don't know i think zombie media can be fun but you have to be you gotta be smart about it you've got to be creative you know mm. um yeah well and a lot of zombie media is like hey can i copy your homework sure just change it a little yeah, bit just, so just it doesn't sure. seem like <laughs> i think my favorite thing about like i think the best thing the walking dead did was not focus on the zombie aspect like the zombies is clear it's very important but the walking dead is more about this group of people trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic universe and set up like a society and less about the actual like zombie part of it and that's that's also what the last of us is kind of like too because it's not like the zombies are a part of this like post-apocalyptic society Mm -hmm. because you have to deal with them uh, and like people deal with them in ways of like just killing them because you don't want this infection to spread, right? And so, but there's also a lot of like anti-fascism, police state stuff going on. Mm. And you play as Joel in the first game, and Joel is a smuggler, and he make like he makes his living, uh, like getting stuff from outside of a police state city mm-hmm. and bringing it into people who need stuff, or go- or vice versa. And uh, yeah, it's just it's really cool. Hell yeah! 
I uh, I also like the way that the zombies are because like I feel like one of the most common zombies is like infection zombies. Yeah. But the nature of the infection for me is always like what makes or breaks it. Mm-hmm. And in The Last of Us, it's like a fungal infection. It's like spores that get in your bloodstream and then anchor in your brain. Yeah. And then basically like it's a parasitic fungus basically. And there's because there's sections in the game where people have to wear gas masks otherwise they'll inhale spores and just die immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah I think it's got it's, I just like those zombies. They're fucking cool. Yeah. I really like so to hop on with the game I'm playing right now I actually really like the zombie equivalent in the Fallout series for yeah, a the couple feral of ghouls. reasons. Yeah. So I like the feral ghouls because I think the idea of like just some humans being so corrupted and so irradiated that like this is what they turn into, I think that's kind mm-hmm. of cool. But then I yeah. also like the fact that the feral ghouls have their peaceful counterpart, which is the regular ghouls. Yes. And I really like just the plain old regular ghouls in Fallout 4 or in Fall in Fallout New Vegas, um, which are the two Fallout games I've been playing. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying Fallout New Vegas a lot. Also really enjoying Fallout 4, but I feel like there are some valid criticisms. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my main problem with Fallout 4 is that Bethesda games are really, like, about the role-playing. Like, mm-hmm. Skyrim, you... Th- the thing about Skyrim is that you... The only thing that you have to do is you have to be the Dragonborn. And yes. you have to be caught, unless you do the Nether Start mod, you have to be caught going into the... Going into Skyrim and Helgen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everything else, from your backstory to your race to what you do after the game starts, that's all you. So you can roleplay as little or as much as you want. Um, Fallout 4, you have to be this, like, dad or mom. Yeah, you, yeah, you have to be a parent who has lost their spouse and child. Yeah. Because there's no other dialogue. Yeah. Like, was, there's no other character dialogue. I was doing this, and, and Fallout New Vegas has, like, the main quest, too, with you being shot in the head at the beginning of the game, and then trying to find the people who, you know, shot you in the fucking head. But, like, all you're told is that you are courier number six. So mm-hmm. you can be like, I'm a courier who was a vault dweller. You could get to make up your backstory entirely, you know? The only thing that you have to do is if you if you do like backstories for your RPG, which I do a lot, um, the only thing you have to do is set up your character to where at some point they became a courier for the Mojave Express. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and got tasked with this job. That's that's it. That's the only like limitation they put on your 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 character, really. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else you get to decide. But, like, I was playing Fallout 4, and I was doing a bunch of, like, little Minutemen quests, you know, going and helping settlements here and there, which yeah. I'm really enjoying, and I really love the first-person shooter aspect of it. But then I went back to, like, my house pre-war, mm-hmm. and I stood over my son's, like, totally destroyed crib, 
And it, you could activate the crib, and then my character was like, I'm coming for you, buddy. And I was like, oh, fuck. Right, I have yeah. a son that's been kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about how they would start Fallout 4, go through it, become like this murderous, chem-addicted, ruthless killer, uh, doesn't take shit from anyone punches everyone in the face kind of person yeah but then new. as soon as a main quest starts it's like oh my baby <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> and you know i feel like that's something that's fine but it's not typical for bethesda which is weird mm. and it feels like they want to do this role-playing aspect of it but then they also want to focus on this like deep personal story about a parent that's lost their spouse and their son and also their entire world and it's just like maybe bioshock <laughs> but not, yeah but not not fallout right mm -hmm. or at least that's not the impression i've gotten from like other games i've like watched the let's plays for and played well i do know in fallout 3 you are also tasked with finding your dad Okay, Bethesda writes one type of story, and it's missing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Bethesda can only write one type of Fallout story, and it's, mm -hmm. uh, whoops, somebody went missing. And yeah. I will say, I really, the reason why I'm still playing Fallout is because I do enjoy the main quest, and I tend to play a kind of upstanding character anyways, unless being a bad person is just more fun, like in the case of Skyrim, like... The, the Thieves Guild quests and the Dark Brotherhood quests are just the most fun quests to be. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to play I a murderous say, asshole there. In Fallout 4, the Nuka World DLC does make being a bad person fun. Oh, nice. <laughs> because you basically, like, run into this uh, society of... Um, raiders mm -hmm. and you basically integrate yourself with the raiders and it's fantastic god finally delivering on what i've wanted for both skyrim and fallout which is just an opportunity to join a gang yeah <laughs> oh my god you know what fallout i mean, mean you can you can also join the brotherhood of steel so well they're not <laughs> I, okay so i understand the brotherhood of steel i just don't agree right like yeah, they're they're just a shinier pride boys sometimes, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't appreciate the racism against my forbidden husband, Nick Valentine. Oh, man. The other reason why I really like Fallout 4 is I really love the characters. I think all the companions are really fun. I think all of the, like... Yeah. Like, I think the, not, the NPCs are really, really great. I think... Um, yeah. And my favorite is Nick Valentine, who's this, like, mm. synth noir detective... And you meet him very early on in the game, and he's just, well, if you're doing the main quest, you meet him very early on. And he's great. And he can be your companion, and mm. he is yet another person, a yet another NBC that Bethesda says, I am not allowed to romance. <laughs> and yep. the crime is insane. Okay, so here's the list. I don't know if I've told you all the list, but I'm telling you now. I think I know some people on the <clears throat> list. You know, but I don't know if our listeners do. Okay, Brynjolf from Skyrim. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me I can't romance this hot Scottish daddy? That's insane. Who's also a thief? Come on. <laughs> Serana from Skyrim. Um, all the Khajiit. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think it's insane that you can play Khajiit and not be able to romance a Khajiit. Like, come on, man. Right. Also, let me let me marry Tommy the Tiger. <laughs> Hold on. Frosted Frakes. Okay. And now Nick Valentine. Mm-hmm. I think you should be able to romance Nick. I don't know why they didn't allow it, especially since you can romance a ghoul. So, I just want to say the crime is egregious against me. Oh my god. Do you want to know something that I realized you could do in Fall in New Vegas that made me weep with joy because I'd always wondered why this wasn't a thing in Skyrim? What's that? If you put on an outfit from a certain group or faction, people will think you're part of that faction. Yes. I yes. love that. It's such a small thing, but like if I'm dressed as a powder ganger, I should be perceived as a powder ganger or a member of the Legion or whatever. You know? Yeah, that was something really cool that Fallout New Vegas did was <clears throat> they had all these different factions and yeah, if you like you could even like make yourself I, I saw in an interview with one of the guys who helped make Fallout New Vegas, uh, Chris Avalone, he was like, Yeah, if you piss off two <clears throat> factions and they come looking for you but those two factions are also at war with each other they will fight each other and then come for you as it should be <laughs> guide yes yes first of all when i like when i saw that i was just like this is all i've ever wanted because it always annoyed me in skyrim that i could wear a mask be dressed as a storm cloak but everyone knew that I wasn't a storm cloak yeah. person. A stormy bro. Or yeah, you they could would... be covered head to toe. Yeah, I could be wearing as a, a mask storm that cloak only... and then go fight for the Empire. Yeah. I could show yeah. a mask that I could be wearing a mask that only showed the slits of my eyes. And people would be like, I know you. And I'd be like, how? How do you know me? I am covered up. <laughs> so when I saw in New Vegas that, like, if you wear, you know, if you're wearing something from the Legion, and even if you're not associated with the Legion, people will think you're part of the Legion. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, finally, all of my video game dreams are being realized. Yeah. Also, Fallout New Vegas makes being a good person fun. It yes. does. Like, I've just, my, my courier is just the most cinnamon rolly person because taking the p- more peaceful options is just fun part yeah. of the game. If, uh, I don't know if you've come across this yet, but if you ever need to get to a point where you need to gain a lot of good karma, mm-hmm. there's this thing where you, you can do where there's someone in New Ve- I think it's in New Vegas, uh, who has like a museum or something. Yeah. And you can sell her, uh, vault suits. Oh. And the more vault suits you sell her... The more crit karma you get. Yeah. So I don't know if you've gotten to New Vegas and you've needed to, like, make sure that you're doing... You're, like, an upstanding New Vegas citizen or whatever. I or mean, maybe it's a NCR thing. I'm liked in a lot of places in New Vegas. Like, a mm-hmm. lot of people like me, but I've lost a lot of karma because I keep, you know stealing things right <laughs> that i need slash want <laughs> so uh, yeah if if you ever get need to get to a point where someone is like 
you need to be good, so yeah. go out and do g- more good stuff. You can do that's a really fast way to um, okay, good to know to do it. Good to know. So, but I am enjoying Fallout Four a lot. I'm just enjoying Fallout Four for different reasons than I think I'm enjoying New Vegas. Yes, like I enjoy the characters a lot, and I enjoy the first person shooter aspects and the dungeon crawling. Yeah, and... the d- the dungeon crawling and the character interactions is really what made Fallout Four for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I like the um, I like the little details that are in the world, like. I, I I came across these two skeletons that were just sitting in these lawn chairs in the direction where the blasts would have hit. Yes. And I was like, that's cool. You know, like, that there are these two people who were faced with the end of the world, and they decided to just sit together and hold hands. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff like that in yeah. Fallout. I, I think that's awesome. Um, You know... I like I like that. And it is a very pretty game. Like it's just nice to look at. So. Mhm. All right, Ben, what you got? Well, I've been playing a lot of Diablo 3 recently. What is that? Oh. Did you ever play Are you familiar with the game Gauntlet? Not at all. All right. Talk it to plays me a like lot I'm like... a little child. All right. So Gauntlet plays a lot like the first Zelda in that it's a top-down view. And you get like a bird's eye view and you just attack by kind of just shooting a thing at enemies. Okay. And it was pretty hard and you had to collect food because you had, instead of a health meter, you had a numerical health system. And if you hit zero, you fucking died. And you had to put in like more quarters because it was an arcade, like quarter munching game. Uh, Diablo 3 is the, or Diablo the series is kind of a love letter to Gauntlet in a way. Uh, but you have a lot more characters to choose and play as. Like, I'm playing as a demon hunter, but you can play as a necromancer, a witch doctor, a barbarian. Uh, and there's a shit ton of loot, because it's pretty much just a, a looter shooter, if you will, where you just, the entire point of the game is to just get the best shit you can find. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's got, like, five acts not to make like the five act structure joke but um <laughs> it does Some things have five acts and that's okay just yes. not most movies <laughs> <laughs> or episodes of television shows that's true you can't you can't squeeze five acts into 20 minutes but uh fucking diablo 3 it's fucking great it's hard as shit because like, there's normal, there's hard, expert, master, and then there's this system called Torment. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, so you can, like, you can start with those. Like, we started playing on normal, but it it's kind of easy at the lower difficulties. Uh, Torment will, uh, it'll fuck your shit up. Because uh, we're playing on Torment 13 at the moment, and it goes all the way up to 16. Wow. And so, like... I'm doing a shit ton of damage. Like, I can one-hit most things, uh, but it only takes, like, air to kill me. Huh. <laughs> air so, like the thing you breathe? Air like the thing you breathe. Like, it does not take much to kill my a character. A stiff cause... wind could knock you down forever. Oh, Dang. yeah. Dang. Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of, like, AoE attacks, like, area of effect. And, Yeah. Because you got to pay attention because there's these weird laser thingies and poison and air that can just fuck your shit up. God damn. 
yeah, yeah. But the entire point is that it's set in like the Middle Ages with quotations around it. Sure. Because uh, it's it's not high fantasy or anything like that, but there are like angels and demons and werewolves and zombies and all kinds of things that'll kill you. But so you're trying to beat the higher ups of hell. Like, okay. uh, like there's Uriel that you got to take out. Like, like I think Belial and Diablo, of course, the namesake of the fucking game. Mm-hmm. But all like it looks good because it's a game from like almost ten years ago, I think. Diablo three is. Yeah, because yeah, it came out like around the time I graduated high school, maybe a little bit after. Okay. Yeah, like 2011, right. 2012 ish. Yeah, because we were playing a lot of Borderlands three, but it's uh, kind of broken at the moment. What, wait, and, what happened? Well, it's it's not unplayable or anything like that by any means. It's just um, for our situation, it's a lot easier to play something like Diablo because it doesn't like a chug or the internet doesn't like fuck up with it as much. Okay. Yeah. But borderlands, it was just heavy on the internet load. Mm-hmm. And like more often than not, we were met with glitches and whatnot that were just awful. Egregious. Yeah. But there is a patch coming out this week, maybe early next week that should fix a lot of those. And we may give it another go. But Diablo has been, like, just fun as hell because it's sort of endless and it's also procedurally generated, so it's almost infinite. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I've also, like, uh, (laughs) I've been playing, I deleted Rocket League just so I would have something else to talk about, but I've been playing a lot of... uh, the new Pokemon while watching Burn Notice. <laughs> and mainly this is just me wanting to talk about Burn Notice for a second. Uh, because I am almost done with the show again. And something I've learned is that there are enough characters from Supernatural in Burn Notice that I'm willing to call it. It's like their sister shows. <laughs> oh, man. Who else is in Burn Notice other than Mark Shepard and Mark Pellegrino? Uh, Mark Wisdom, I believe is his name. The guy that plays Uriel. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, Chuck is in it. Uh, the guy that, that I say, yeah, I said Uriel, but there's just like a ton of people there. You're like, oh fuck, it's that guy. Yeah. And I have like a lot of LSA options at the moment. Also, I looked up the guy that plays Uriel. I believe Mark Wisdom is his name. I know Wisdom is his last name. That motherfucker has been in everything. Oh. Yeah. Robert, Robert Wilson. Robert, Ro- Robert yeah. Wisdom. Robert, Robert Wisdom. Wisdom, my bad. My yeah. apologies to Robert. Bobby Wisdom. But, he um, doesn't take it. That's fair. I don't think he's going to he re- hear this. He refuses your apologies, and you yeah, but he was, him. He was also in a Batman movie. And I kind of want to rewatch because I think he was in Batman Begins, and I want to rewatch it and be like, oh, f- uh, just to see how much of it he's in. I know he, he can't be in it like all the time, but oh my god, we should yeah. start watching Batman movies for LSA. 
You're not well, wrong. Uh, t- t- Dark Knight Rises, 10 out of 10. Um, yeah. Loved it. Uh, there was a supernatural actor in this? Yep, there was. For about, did you see him? <laughs> Over there in the corner? Yeah. He, had, he had 10 lines. Here we, we are watching Interstellar. Uh, great movie. 10 out of 10. There's a supernatural actor in that? Yeah, yeah. In the back. I, <laughs> fuck! I do want to watch Interstellar again. We just start. We just start photoshopping in, like, <laughs> like Misha Collins into like scenes and other movies that we want to watch. Oh my god! Hell yeah! Did you did you guys know? Um, uh, Mark Shepard was in No Brother Where Art Thou. He was? I no, wa- he I wasn't. Re-watched- that was a lie. <laughs> okay, I was like, I rewatched that movie very recently. Yeah, no, I know. And I would have noticed if Mark Shepard was in it. You would have. You absolutely would have. That was let's a lie a, I told for fun. Let's start oh, another man. podcast where we just watch all of the Coen Brothers movies. <laughs> but we keep saying there's supernatural actors in them to yes. justify it. <laughs> oh, Do you guys oh, know man. that uh, Felicia Day was in Fargo? What? She actually possible. was. No, she wasn't. I was going to say, that I'm wouldn't surprise me. I mean, yeah. Fargo the television show, maybe, but not Fargo the no. movie. She wasn't active. No, she was not. She was in Eureka, though. She was in Eureka. Mm-hmm. Also, she was in The Magicians. Mm-hmm. And again... Oh, she was, wasn't she? She was, as the worst character, who yeah. I kind of liked because she was so terrible. So, I had... A thought and it's gone and you know what Be gone thought you know what i think that means i think it means that we can get into the episode proper yeah yeah travis this uh-huh. week's episode is called the girl next door what's it about oh god <laughs> uh uh <sighs> sam and dean play a <laughs> sorry buddy take Sam time. and Dean <laughs> take Sam time. and Dean Sam and Dean play a visual novel dating sim about Japanese mythology and they win but not the way you think. <laughs> I don't think anyone wins this episode, but let's find out why together. All right. All right, I'm rolling. I forgot how to roll again. We're back. Back, back at it again. On that bullshit. Mm-hmm. At the Krispy Kreme. Guys, this episode yeah. has everything. Um, it has all the snores you could ever <laughs> <yes>. want. <laughs> uh, some boring flashbacks. Uh, terrible things. Out of character actions. Retreading of seasons two and three and four. Ari screaming into the void. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
yeeting himself into the void. Yeah, then yeeting himself into the void. An egregious, I'm counting these down, by the way, on my hands. An egregious <laughs> misrepresentation of a mythological creature that we all know and love. Um, How many fingers do you have? Uh, the normal amount. <laughs> uh, brain. Um, me having to look up what the pituitary gland is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's the one that batutes. <laughs> it's the batutes yeah. gland. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, All so right. do you know what the mon pubis is? No, I don't look at another mon's pubis. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at your mom's pubis. Oh my god! Okay. So a mon pubis is the part of a woman's um, or a. Sorry, a female's um, genitalia area that's like above the vagina. It's basically where like the pubic hair grows. Yeah. Ah. And I think that is the most horrifying name for it. I hate it so much. It sounds like something from like a Riddick movie. And I think we should change it to the map to the clitoris. And then everyone should get a uh, a map to their clitoris uh, tattooed on it. Oh. <laughs> that's uh that's the plot of Waterworld. Ah. <laughs> that it all comes together. That that gives that movie a whole different definition, doesn't sure it? Sure shit does. does. <laughs> Girl, all water your world. Okay. Um the oh, no. oh. gland is the major endocrine endocrine gland, a pea-sized body attached to the base mm. of the brain. The pituitary is important in controlling growth and development and the functioning of the other endocrine glands. Mm. The main functions? Weird. Growth hormones. Thyroid stimulating a- hormone. That helps regulate cholesterol levels. Brains are fun, right? Brains what are a weird fun. thing for a monster to eat. It yeah. really just feels like they picked it out of a hat, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it really does. It really just feels like they were like, okay, we've done monsters eating hearts. Didn't we do another monster eating a liver? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah, yeah. just the liver. Yeah. Um, we've done monsters eating brains also? Wasn't that the... the... Fuck. God, there are so many monsters that are just like, I have a very specific diet. I eat this one part of this one organ. Mm-hmm. I pity the monster who's like, I have to eat the small intestine. <laughs> I have to eat the large intestine. <laughs> okay. So, um, this episode is trash and I hate it so much. What do y'all think about it? <laughs> I, I mean, it was real boring. Yeah. yeah. Except for, like, the beginning kind of, it was like, episodes one and two had so much momentum going for it. Yeah. And then the beginning of this episode kind of carried it and then slammed on the brakes. Um, This episode was like going to Krispy Kreme with the lights off. God, it's like, what's the point? If you can't get it hot and ready, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Um... This episode absolutely, yeah, it totally just slams the brakes in a serious way. Um, I do like the opening scene where Sam and Dean are trying to escape from the hospital with Bobby's help. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was like appropriately terrifying. The Leviathans are still really excellent monsters. Yeah. Um, and then I also like that uh, Dean and Bobby watch uh, <laughs> uh, telenovelas because they yeah. go to Rufus's cabin, which, by the way, <laughs> is that not kind of like. Rufus was not cool with Bobby when he died. Like, do you remember they talked about the noodle incident? That was actually a dramatic noodle incident in the episode where he died. Yes. In an episode that was also similarly kind of bad. Um, But I mean, Rufus isn't using it. (laughs) I just feel like it's kind of (laughs) shitting on his memory. Like, sorry we got your sister, lover, wife killed um can we use your house <laughs> now that you're dead it's for a good cause <laughs> are you supposed I, to go to heaven and ask him that yes oh like they can't do like a seance or whatever the fuck like they haven't talked to the dead before that's fair yeah that's also, true also they've totally gone to heaven to talk to the dead so yeah. <laughs> honestly that would have been cool as fuck if they had done that it's like hey uh we we kind of wanted to ask you one last time. Oh my it's a cool they just, place. They travel around what? with a Ouija board so yes. they can talk to their dead a friends. Ouija board? Wow. Did you... <laughs> Man, it's already like the stakes of Supernatural as far as death is concerned has no meaning. But can you imagine if they just dinked it even further? By being like, actually, we can talk to mom whenever we want. Oh yeah. my god. Sorry. Oh, what if they just what if they just kept a goblet of blood? Oh my god. Like they just kept some blood in a bag and then had the goblet and then they could just do the blood phone whenever they wanted. Officer, that's not my bag of blood, I swear. <laughs> oh, you, okay, so death already has no meaning on this show. I mean, it, the death the meaning of death is already through the fucking floor. To carry around a magical device that would let them talk to people in heaven or hell would be putting it into the molten core of the earth. <laughs> like, that's, that's how fair. bad that would be. Holy I think the shit. show just needs Sensu beans from Dragon Ball Z at this point. Just fuck it. The only thing mm-hmm. that can make it worse is if they legitimately tried to kill off a character at the end of season nine and then make it sound like that it was deep or meaningful. Anyways, we have a lot to look forward to. Um, <laughs> so, holy... Yeah, so this even... episode starts out... It basically picks up at the... Uh, like, where the last episode left off. Sam and Dean injured, being rushed to a hospital. Uh, and they're being rushed to the hospital where the Leviathans are, and they need to escape. And then Bobby shows up, and they escape. Dun, 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 and then, dun, dun, dun. God, Bobby once again proving that he's the only person in this team with a fucking brain cell. Absolutely, or at least two to rub together. Right. Sometimes he loans it out to mm-hmm. to, uh, to Rufus. He to can't Sam. do that anymore. Just, I was going to say the same yeah. Uh, and so they they were in South Dakota and they escaped to Montana. And while they're in Montana, Sam goes on a little snack run, and he gets whiff of a job, a job with ta- that tastes of the past. <laughs> <laughs> and 
boy does it because we sure do get a lot of flashbacks about <laughs> yep. it. Yep. And those flashbacks are not necessary. Well, they are necessary, but they're boring. Some of them are necessary. Not all of them are necessary. Yeah. No. The pacing of them was certainly unnecessary. So Just sandpapery. This is basically the show was like, hey, do, you, do you think Sam's a monster fucker now? Well, it turns out that has roots <laughs> in even his little... His little uh, growth spurt days, you know. <laughs> I do like um, I, I like the kid who plays young Sam, whatever the fuck his name is, Colin Ford. Yeah, uh-huh. and so it's always nice to see him. Yes. And by the way, if you want to watch Colin Ford in a show about zombies, check out Daybreak. I have it's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, it's like post-apocalyptic teenager show but i've heard it's really mm. funny it's on netflix so we'll watch it for lsa one of these days neat um <clears throat> but yeah i like the kid who plays colin ford i like the kid who plays young amy what else has she been in uh not a whole lot the merry wives of windsor as a town person Mm. Oh, she played a recurring role in R.L. Stein's ha- The Haunting Hour. Neat. Which aired around the time The Girl Next Door aired, so. Hmm. There's some good stories in that. Her name is Emma Grabinski. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But yeah, so Sam is on the hunt for a kitsune. Mm-hmm. And we get these flashbacks for Sam, who is also on the hunt with Dean and Dad uh, for Kitsune. And then through the flashbacks, we find out that this young girl that Sam has taken an interest to at the public library is a Kitsune slash the daughter of the Kitsune that they're hunting. Dun, dun, dun. And in a wild twist of fate, it's the same girl that Sam is hunting now. The, the girl becomes the woman, and and her name the, is and her this, name is a Doctor Who reference. Amy Pond. You remember her from Stephen Moffat's run, first companion, this, the eleventh Doctor had. So. This episode had a lot of unnecessary things, and that was all of this them. This episode yeah. has a lot of references. We get, um, of course, the Amy Pond reference, but also. There's a commercial for My Bloody Valentine playing on television uh, in 3D. When mm-hmm. that happened, I literally wrote down, ha ha. Um, there's a Game of Thrones reference, maybe yeah, not on there's purpose. there's a Game of Thrones reference. Yeah. Uh, it was on purpose. It was on purpose, okay. So mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, um, basically where Sam has gone to get stacks, uh, he's gone to like this little convenience store and the Leviathan through their credit card purchases, which by the way, fucking finally like their credit card purchase their credit card scams get them in trouble. Because the Leviathan have been like like put flags on all their fake names. Which I guess they know from being like possessing Cass. Right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And I guess Cass knew like some of their fake credit card names which mm-hmm. by the way just just the simple fact that the, the leviathan are able to like already be catching up to sam and dean through their credit card purchases makes them more terrifying than the demons ever were 
yeah. in my opinion. Like, they really come out as heavy hitters this season. They There's no way to kill them right now. So basically, Sam and Dean are put are forced in this defensive position where they have to keep running because yeah. there's nothing that they can do. There's nothing any hunter can do. They talk about that in the beginning of the episode. Bobby's like... Yeah, we we're getting reports from around the country that these hunters are coming across these monsters who just want to eat. Just just have this base desire to to eat and nothing else. There's no like there's no taking over the world. Well, not right now anyways. There's just like what do we know about these monsters? They're unkillable and they consume. And that's kind of terrifying yeah. in my opinion. And I definitely and they're smart. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they have adapted to this new world very quickly and i think that's kind of i think that just makes them even more of a threat um so the leviathan parts i didn't have an issue with honestly yeah the leviathan parts are totally cool and chill yeah but that's also like the main plot right now yeah (sighs) the the b plot of the episode the amy pond parts were just I don't want to call them the B plot. It's definitely more like an F grade plot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, they're the A plot of the episode, but they're also just like the boring parts. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Uh, like, why? No. It just felt like a lot of back steps for the show. Yeah. Well, they totally took a shit all over Dean's character this episode. Yeah. Um, there's a Kill Bill reference that just feels mm-hmm. like... Like just shoehorned in. Like, why? First of all, they absolutely wasted a Kill Bill homage on this episode. Yeah. Let's be honest. I feel like they wasted all their references, which were many... And if, I don't know. I feel like they were less. I I, don't know, I I want to call it referential humor, but like I think they were more um, Easter eggs slash slash homages. Homages. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of Easter eggs in this episode. Like, because like I'm I'm looking at the wiki for this episode, and there's a lot. There's even like homages to other things that happened in like season five. And, like, other things that happen earlier in this season. Yeah. God. This is another episode where I feel like everyone's drinking their dumb bitch juice. Yeah. Sam's drinking it because... no. Okay, so... Nobody's talking to each other either, which is super annoying. Yeah, we had we had like uh, episode two of nice, good brother conversations. Yeah, where everyone was like, and on now the level. we're back to, yeah, now we're back to uh, Sam and Dean not talking to each other, uh, being sneaky, leaving very unspecific notes. Uh, Sam not trusting Dean, mm-hmm. or no, the other way around, Dean not trusting Sam. Because Sam's a quote-unquote head case now, which, mm-hmm. I mean, you really think, considering the fact that at this point, both brothers have now been to hell, that they would actually have more in common, and Dean would have more understanding 
Yeah, see, I was really looking forward to conversations like that. Yeah, and maybe both of them working through their hell PTSD together, since this is an experience, an extreme and painful experience that they share. And instead, we have Dean being like, well, Sam's Sam's on the, the express train to crazy town, and he can't be trusted to do things. And Bobby is like... Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of the episode, when Sam goes out to get groceries, Dean, like, freaks out because Sam, right before that, had, like, spaced out, kind of, and was, like, touching the scar on his hand a lot, which I wrote down when that happened. That was, like, J-Pad's finally, like, finally something to do with my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the actor's dream. Um, Finally, I just get to touch my hand a lot. Um, But, like, Dean, like, freaks out and is like... He's spacing out. He's seeing Lucifer. He's, you know, like, we can't, you know, we can't trust this. And, and Bobby's like, we, this is progress. He's only spaced out once. This is a, this is a mental health issue, right? Like, this isn't going to be fixed overnight. He's talking to us. He's not hiding things. It's, Mm -hmm. it's okay. And then the very next scene is Sam finding out about Amy killing people. So he leaves, leaves a very cryptic note where he's just like, be back in a few days. I'm fine. Dean calls Bobby again to be like, he's left and he's turned off his GPS and he's not answering his phone. And Bobby's like, so he has to be alone. He's fine. Like he said he would be back. He left a note. He will contact us if he gets into trouble. Just leave it. And then the next, you know, it smash cuts to Dean cutting off his own cast so he could follow Sam. Yeah. Literally, Dean seeing the note was like, Sam wrote that he's fine. That means he's not fine. No one who's fine just says I'm fine. Right. Like, And I do. Th- <laughs> it had that energy. And I do think that Sam should have, I don't know, had a conversation with Dean maybe told him what was going on and that he felt like he had yeah. to do this alone. Yeah, absolutely. Like Sam totally could have had a conversation with Dean saying, uh, there's a job in somewhere around here. And I think it might be connected to this thing that happened when I was a kid. I have to go. I'm responsible. I have to go track this person down. Yeah. Like I have to, uh, you Dean, you have your leg is broken in a cast Mm -hmm. that you somehow got your pants inside of. (laughs) Um, (laughs) we had to cut off all your jeans. So now you have one short leg and one (laughs) pants leg. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I'll be back in a few days while you like, it totally could have been that. Yeah. And then Dean could have also had a conversation with Sam where he was like, Dude, I'm trying to be supportive and be your rock, like I said I was going to be last episode, but I'm also kind of freaking out because you're clearly not fine. And Sam and Dean could have had a conversation where Sam was like, well, I'm not fine. This is still happening, and it's freaking me out too, but we can't shoot our way out of this. There's no monster. You can't kill Hallucifer. So we just have to deal with it one day at a time. And that conversation could have happened, and I feel like again it's just like if these characters just fucking talk to each other we Mm -hmm. might have uh, not this episode might not have happened at all and that could only have been for the better you know like 
man, everyone's talking about darkest timeline this, darkest timeline that. We knew we were in the darkest timeline because this episode happened. So, yeah. back in 2011. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Amy. Man. <sighs> like, there were so many of the flashbacks were unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And the pacing of them was bad. Because there was even, like, flashback two flashbacks that happened in one conversation. Like, we... Amy says something to Sam. Sam goes, oh, it's flashback time. Yep. And then we come out of the flashback, and then Sam says something else, and then Amy says one more thing, and then Sam's like, oh, no, it's time <laughs> it's for happening another again. flashback. Wait, what's that CPF <laughs> filter coming through? Yeah. Um, uh, my least favorite thing yeah, about Yeah, also, this, the flashback filter was weird. It looked hideous, to be honest. Like, yeah. it just looked bad. Um, and I like Colin Ford a lot, and I like and and I I think the girl who played young Amy was cool, but also just like shut the fuck up. Um, my favorite part of the flashback was when Sam's in the library and he figures out how to kill the Kitsune, and yeah. He's like, stab it in the heart. He like, Dean's like, what did you say? Also, he has a bulky 90s cell phone, which I also liked. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, stab it in the heart. And everyone looks at him and is like, shut the fuck up. You're in a library. I thought that was funny. Um, also, I don't know. Innocent young love. The romance of it all. Yeah. So this was we we witnessed Sam's first kiss. Yes. And it's with a monster. Dun 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 dun. dun. Starting Sam's lifelong pattern yep. <laughs> of being a monster fucker. Being a monster fucker. And apparently dating women who are kissing women or being physically intimate in some way. Or, you know, girls. And then those uh, those women die. Yeah. Sam's... Yeah, the Supernatural Wiki put Amy on the list. Sam's death penis strikes again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or death lips in this yeah, case. Yeah, or death lips. Death penis. Robots in disguise. Okay. Um, so Amy's whole dear... So Amy saved Sam's life. Because Sam's mom or Amy's mom was trying to kill Sam, and this is like towards right. the end of the flashbacks where, you know, Sam realizes that Amy and his mom are a monster, and they're being pursued by, uh, you know, these two yokels and this ugly ass Impala, and yeah, and so Amy kills her own mother to save Sam. Remember this; mm-hmm. it's going to come up later. This is um, this is a special tool that'll help us later. Thanks, Mickey. Um, <laughs> and then in the in the present time, she's killing people, but she's basically um, like dextering them. It's implied. Yeah, we see a scene where she kills a drug dealer who is also like trying to extort the drugs for sex. Yeah, from this like and... woman who, you know was like yeah she was basically like trying to get some and even though in like the real world that's not a crime punishable by death <sighs> do you know what i mean like 
it's still yeah. bad, but we've seen monsters kill for just like fun. And the only reason why she's doing it is because she has a son who's sick and needs fresh brain or pituitary glands. Right. Get to the pituitary glands. She went. She went Twilight Monster, where she is not only. Um. She's a mortician, so she's able to get the brains real sneaky, like without having to kill anyone. Right. Um, basically, she's doing what Liv does in iZombie, right? Yes. She's, ah, yeah. She's working in a job where if she eats brains, it's not weird. We've seen this before in other media where, like, sometimes vampires are like, I work at a blood bank, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the vampires that are doctors. Yeah. Or, yeah, blood bank workers. So they can sneaky feed without killing. Mm-hmm. And this is not the first time we've seen the noble monster on this show. Um, season two, right? With the vampires yeah. who only eat mm-hmm. animal or who only eat animals. Uh, we've seen, I think, Madison, the werewolf in season, also in season two. I think she definitely like counts. Where yeah. her whole the tragedy with Madison is she could control her transformations, but if she could have, it's definitely like stated that she would not go around happy fun time murdering people mm-hmm. uh who else good good monsters uh, or at least monsters who aren't like i don't know monsters <laughs> do you mean in the show or in other media in in the show oh okay because i was gonna be like shrek but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he's um, the best monster I'm trying to think <laughs> yep there's um God, who else? Oh, Cass in some ways. Oh yeah, Cass. Yeah, Crowley and others. Kind of. At least Cass before his uh, light genocide happened. Yeah, you know that he, just a little incident. Just a little. Yeah. Just you know how it is when you commit some genocide on accident because you've gone mad with power. So. We'll get to the genocide. Um, <laughs> that's one of the things that annoyed me about this episode is it's basically like a microcosm for everything I hate about Supernatural. Right. Retreading a bunch of shit we have already dealt with. Like, am I wrong? Or, okay, so, so the freak thing comes back. Sam being a freak. You know, ah, he feels like such a freak and he just wants to be yeah. normal. Have we not already dealt with this at the end of season five? Was that not part of Sam's, like, emotional journey? Was him accepting his life? Right? Yeah. Like, because... Like, that was basically... Uh, that was a lot of season, like, Four, right? It was the it was the entire, or like most of seasons one through five. Yeah, it was most of season one through five. Sam feels like a freak, has felt like a freak his entire life, and just wants to be normal. But then he accepts the fact that he can't be normal, and and comes to terms with who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can bring this back and not have it be shitty. Maybe tie it in with Sam going to hell. And, like, the obvious, like, pain he's going to feel from that. But it really just felt like 
it kind of took away from him accepting it in the first part of the show because in this episode he accepts that he's a freak so yeah um and he does it as a child so amy keeps so i guess you could say amy is not like other girls in that she's a monster who has to eat brains um yes but she's like, Sam's like, oh, I'm a real freak. And Amy's like, yeah, you are. But so was Jimi Hendrix. And, you know, Stephen Fry. And also Jim Jones. And yeah. they're all cool, right? <laughs> and so... <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of Jeffrey Dahmer. No, I, was, I, I was laughing so hard just because the Jonestown has yeah. been so in the zeitgeist for the past few days, and I kind of love it. Oh, shit. Has it? Oh, wait, you yeah, love I've, it? I've, I've seen a ton of, like, I just love Jonestown references because a lot of the times they're fucking hilarious because of how tactless they are. <laughs> a lot of people that, actually. I don't know if you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, like a, a lot. Yeah, like, like a lot. A lot, yeah. Like a lot. Almost as many yeah. people as Cass killed <laughs> yeah. when he was committing uh, this light genocide. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Speaking of light genocide, there's actually recordings of when it happened. No, we, and, no we're not yeah. talking. I know what you're talking about, and I can't start crying right now because I won't Oh, stop. I was going to say, I was going to say don't listen to it because, bro, that'll hang with you for a minute. Yeah, I yeah. have listened to them, and they are upsetting spaghetti, let me tell you. I, They're so upsetting spaghetti that saying upsetting spaghetti is not a great phrase to use <laughs> in reference to that. <laughs> don't listen to them they are horrifying um oh my god another thing that annoyed me it's like the writers forgot their own show and sarah gamble you have been writing on the show for a while bobby doesn't know what a kitsune is but he speaks japanese yeah like that got revealed last season under sarah gamble's reign Speaking of, <laughs> I got some pretty hardcore rain coming in. So if I go dark, that's what happened. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it just stopped raining here. Geography. So, uh, was. Yeah, it's bonkers to me that fucking Bobby doesn't know what the hell a Kitsune is. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, so, uh,. Down, down here on the Supernatural Wiki, uh, there's a little thing that says, Bobby tells Sam that he has been speaking Japanese since before he was born in the episode Yellow Fever, written by the same people. Yes. The, this episode has the same writers as Yellow Fever, where Bobby tells Sam that he's been speaking Japanese. So given his profession and knowledge of Japanese, he definitely should know what a kitsune is. Yeah, especially since <laughs> kitsune in Japanese is just the word for box. Yeah. yeah, and I cannot believe in how important kitsune are in Japanese mythology. That he, when he was studying Japanese, especially since Bobby's job is a monster hunter, that he's never been like, oh, maybe I should look into these things, which most assuredly exist. I don't know. Yeah, are you telling me that he never? tried writing the phrase the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog in japanese girl i huh? okay maybe he got to be fair i think in translation it might not be the same 
That's valid. Mate, I don't know. I was just thinking of like a sentence that used all like 26 letters of like the English alphabet. Maybe he. I think there's way more Japanese letters. Oh, no. Like in kanji, <laughs> there's like 1600 or like 16th. I know there's a lot. There's like several zeros worth of like kanji and different characters. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he. I just thought. Yeah. Maybe he got confused because the girl who plays Amy Pond is white and, you know, Kitsune or Japanese. So. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that's a, that's a little thing that annoys me. And the show has done it before. But I feel like if you're going to have a Japanese monster, maybe cast a Japanese American actress. Yeah. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, you can't tell me you didn't know any or hadn't or couldn't find any. So that's just a little thing that that bugs me. Well, it's not a little thing. It's kind of a big thing because I feel like if you're going to take these these words, these mythological creatures and use them and then just not relate them to anything in the actual myth and then also whitewash the creature, I just feel like it's kind of like, Shitty. what are you doing? You yeah. Know? Yeah, if you're gonna pull a name out of a hat, mm-hmm. do a little bit of do a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like because at least in the past, like we've had monster names that are like they get mythology incorrect, but they at least get some kind of country of origin correct or something like that. This right. was just like pulled out of a hat, no ex- no explanation. Yeah, it's a kitsune. It's just some. So it's just some lady with weird eyeballs and and her fingernails get longer. And she has to eat pituitary glands. I yeah. guess. Um I also don't Dean's moral code this episode drives me insane. Yeah. Yeah. And our leads make ambiguous choices a lot. And sometimes those choices are wrong. And there are consequences yeah. for them. <sighs> yeah. Like just Merle around me are familiar. Okay, sorry, I'll, I'm gonna stop doing that. <laughs> Before we get slacked. <laughs> Well, if you keep doing, like, the same beginning part and it's less than ten seconds, I think it'll be fine. Okay, great. Um, But, yeah, it just felt like Dean did the absolute worst wrong thing and there was no consequence. Well, not yet. We'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, we can't really... So the whole killing Amy thing is going to come back. I Oh, okay. It's gonna end it's a thing. This is a this is a thing. Um Yeah, what did yeah. what did y'all think about Dean killing Amy? I mean, I think he was wrong twice over because not only was him killing Amy him not putting any trust in Sam at all. Yeah. It was like Amy has a kid who's also a Kitsune. Mm-hmm. And if he had talked to Sam a little bit more about the situation, he probably could have, you know, let it be fine. Well, 
The thing is, is that uh, Sam did tell Dean the only useful communication that happens this episode is that, okay, so Dean shows up, punches Sam in the face, by the way, again, for stealing the yeah. Impala. Um, which I guess is kind of better than some of the reasons he's punched Sam in the face before. I mean, yeah, I think it's <laughs> it's a better, like, big brother reason. Yeah. But also, that's Sam's car as well. I don't know. I think he yeah. punched Sam in the face because he was worried. Because mm-hmm. Sam left with, like, no... With a shitty, vague note. But that's also kind of, like, got some horrifying implications, which we can talk about later. Um, yeah, that's right. We're shitting on Dean's character again. Uh, take suck it haters um but like okay so dean punches sam in the face and then they have a conversation in this motel room sam has agreed to let amy go he has tracked her to her house um amy is like look i killed these dirt bags i only did it because my son is sick and dying and I promise you, I will not kill again. I have been, like, on the on the straight and narrow for years. I saved your life. You owe me this. Like, I'm protecting my child. Sam can relate because he has also done some morally ambiguous shit to protect Dean. So Sam goes into the hotel room. Dean is like, what's the situation? Sam tells him there was a kitsune killing people, which Dean actually already knew knew from the um, newspaper because he found the same newspaper Sam did. There's a kitsune killing people. Here's why she's doing it. She's doing it to protect her son. Bro, we've been there and she saved my life. And Dean's like, you have to kill her. It's as simple as that, which we'll get to in a minute why that's bullshit. (laughs) But then Sam's like, dude, if you don't trust her, then trust me. And the particularly disgusting thing I think about Amy killing or Dean killing Amy is that last episode, Dean was like, if you can't trust yourself, trust me. Make that bedrock number one and then not even one fucking episode later he is lying to sam after sam begged him not to kill somebody what the fuck what the fuck is up with that and then in that same scene dean implies that the only reason why sam doesn't want to kill her is because he wants to because he had a crush on her that is disgusting Mm-hmm. horrifying what the hell and then it is implied that dean would kill a child if that child was a murderer which we know is not true that is so completely out of character jacob sees him kill his mom what the hell that's like did they have to write that in and then that this is where the kill bill thing comes in because dean's like have you ever murdered anyone before? And Jacob says, no. And he says, well, if you do, I'll come back for you. <sighs> okay. Yeah. <sighs> now, 
never mind that it's like a biological imperative that he has to kill. Oh, and by the way, the thing that was or that he has to eat pituitary glands, and the only thing that was stopping him from killing was the fact that his mom was providing him with pituitary glands from dead bodies. Yeah. So like now that that's dried up, what is his option? So Dean not only has killed somebody who was doing their best not to murder, but has also potentially created another murderer. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jacob's like, the only person I'm going to kill is you. And Dean's like, well, in a couple of years, look me up and I get it. And that's the Kill Bill part. And I was like, yeah. watching it, I was like, do you mean to tell me that if Jacob had been like, yes, I have killed people, Dean would have murdered a child? Like, is that the implication there? It seems that way. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. So, yeah, I hated it. I It was the absolutely wrong decision. He, Amy is like, I promise I'm never going to kill again. She has tears in her eyes. She's played by Jewel from Firefly. and uh, Or she's played by Kaylee from Firefly, but the actress's name is Jewel State. And if you know anything about Kaylee from Firefly, you know she's just like the most cynical character. So, mm -hmm. you, like, the actress can really, really pull off seeming like pathetic and sad <laughs> and not murdery. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a horrifying scene. It's horrifying. And, um, I have seen the worst possible justification, the worst possible take on why Dean killed Amy. Despite the fact that everybody was like, dude, please don't. And do you want to know what it is? What's that? This is Dean's way of dealing with his grief about Cass. I have oh. seen somebody hypothesize that. God. And... I almost threw my computer across the room. <laughs> Fuck. What? I don't think, okay, the saving grace of that is I don't think the show meant to do that at all. Like, yeah, I, I think that that's, that definitely feels like a viewer interpretation, not yeah. a show decision. It's a stretch oh. <laughs> is what I'm saying. And listeners, if you <laughs> agree with that take, yeah, I guess tell us on Twitter. <laughs> it is a melted Laffy Taffy stretch. That is for Ooh, sure. The that's the only saving grace of this theory because if that was true, if that's what the show was trying to imply, or what Jensen Ackles was trying to get across through his acting, do you know how horrifying that is? <laughs> how sick that is? <laughs> that's disgusting. Don't use that as a justification. And that's why I don't like this episode. Well, that and the yeah. people Yeah. Also, just the fact that we've been here before. Yeah, this is a conversation we kind of keep having. Yeah. In mm -hmm. that. I feel yeah. like we're going to keep having it, too. Oh. Uh, 
So, moment of silence for Dean's character <laughs> development. It's pulling out for the dead homies. The thing is, is that Dean's whole thing this episode is he's like, no, it's black and white. Amy's a monster. She kills, she's killed people. We have to kill her. Have you, Dean, do you not remember the character development you had in season two? And also, I mean, I guess those vampires weren't killing people and Amy was, but like, Dean has definitely done some dark shit to save people he's cared about. And we'll continue. Oh, absolutely. And and what's messed up too is like he's say, he says he's gonna kill that kid if he ever kills anyone. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've got Cass over here who needs saving left and right, <clears throat> and he's done a full godlike genocide. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that really bugged me is in the first episode, and I get that Cass is a friend, a, a really close friend, practically a brother to Sam and Dean. Um, and according to who you talk to, sometimes more, but, um, (laughs) Dean, like when Cass dies or when Cass is thought to be dead in the first episode before he like wakes up and then the Leviathan thing happens, Mm -hmm. it's definitely implied through both the dialogue and Jensen Ackles truthfully wonderful acting in that scene that, he is willing to forgive Cass for what he's done. Mm-hmm. Cass has murdered a lot more people than Amy has. Some of them innocent. Oh, yeah. Like, completely innocent. And I know that was because he was also, like, losing time to the flashbacks and the little thing, but Dean didn't know that at the time. Cass mm-hmm. betrayed them, put people Dean cares about in danger, is the reason why Sam is like this right now. And he's not willing to extend that same grace to a mother trying to protect her child. It's just unbelievable for me, considering on this this journey we've been on with Dean's character. And the thing that really stretched my suspension of disbelief was when they tried to imply that Dean would kill a kid. Like, absolutely not. Yeah. I don't care if that kid is a monster. Just, the child could be a full-on Damien from The Omen. And like... Just no. Just no. Also, Jensen Ackles directed this episode, and I think he did a good job. I specific, I, I really liked the directing in the in the hospital chase scene. I think that was I think yeah. I think it was oh, it yeah. was claustrophobic and scary. And I liked that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the uh, cinematography was <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, okay, I've done my rant. I've said my piece. Y'all talk more, so it's not just me shitting on Dean again. Uh, there was uh, some some more little trivia bits from this episode. Uh, I think we talked about the Game of Thrones reference with the cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the Leviathan pouring melted uh, like cheesy sauce over the dude in the store. Yeah. It was a Game of Thrones reference. There's even references to like other stuff that happens in like previous seasons, like in the scene where the Leviathan sees the credit card thing pop up. Yeah, he's on a call with someone where almost eight hundred dollars was charged to a mistress Magda. Oh yeah, who is someone that Chuck called in Swan Song, mm-hmm. and 
the um, one of the one of the kids in the flashbacks that was like bothering um, bothering Amy outside the library mm-hmm. was played by the same kid that played Lucas in uh, Dead in the Water. Was he really? Yeah. God. <laughs> so the kid from Dead in the Water was also in this episode in the flashback. Just like two shitty episodes <laughs> in one. Yeah. Ben, I miss your dulcet tones. What do you what are you thinking about everything? And I mean anything. Like don't don't just limit yourself to talking about this episode. I I think this episode should have been scrapped or should have been done completely different from the ground up. Yeah. After the hospital scene. Yeah. Like uh hell I, well, to be honest, the beginning, like the part was fine and the end was fine. Everything in the middle we just needed a whole new sandwich is what I'm yeah. getting. At. Yeah. There was like a lot of bits and pieces cuz it felt like let's reference everything. Just you know either what? for the I I was sorry to interrupt you. But while while Ari was going on a rant about Dean, <laughs> I was doing some wiki sleuthing. Mm. And uh, this episode, written by Andrew Dabb and Daniel Laughlin, it seems like a lot of the episodes that they write are filled with references. Like, anytime I go to a... um, Anytime I go to a page of an episode that they've written, the trivia and references section is so long. It's always huge for their episodes. So, Andrew Dabb is the current showrunner on uh, Supernatural. Whoa, really? Yeah, he took over season 12. And, as you may recall, I really love season 12. And I love season, I like season 13, what I've seen in it so far. Um, and, Ben, you like uh, season, seasons 14 and 15, right? Oh, yeah. Well, season 13 definitely picks up. 12 kind of picks up in the latter half. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so far with season 15, it's pretty great. Uh, The current last episode of the series is phenomenal. Okay. Um, Yeah. Hey, uh, just so listeners know, I promise to to have caught up by the time the last episode airs. So, because I want to watch that live. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe we won't be quarantining when it comes out. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Great. Um, yeah. And I like Andrew Dabb as a showrunner. And I like some of the individual episodes he's written. Like, he wrote Yellow Fever, um, Jump the Shark, I Believe the Children Are Our Future, Hammer of the Gods, Weekend at Bobby's. Um, Frontierland. But he's also written this episode. Mm-hmm. Season 7, Time for a Wedding. Uh, Family Matters, Unforgiven. Mm. 
What I'm saying is, is that he's a mixed bag. He's got some good episodes and he's got some... Yeah. And some of that honestly might be... Um, like the fact that he has to write some of these episodes, he has to write in the like overall myth arc of the season. And Mm -hmm. that might be like a little, like maybe he's really good at like episodes that are just like, I actually think he's kind of the opposite of the next showrunner to be on Supernatural where I think his like myth arcs are interesting and good, but I think his, individual freak of the week episodes are meh yep oh is that uh jeremy carver yeah Hmm. where i think jeremy carver's like freak of the week individual episodes are good and i think his myth arcs are are also meh yeah so yeah jeremy carver wrote mystery spot great episode yeah a a goddamn delight yeah and he wrote changing channels Right. And yes, he's got he wrote a very supernatural Christmas which eh. long distance call. Eh. Very supernatural Christmas he, was good. But Jerry Jeremy Carver was also showrunner for season 10. Yeah. So you you know. <laughs> <laughs> also, we have to talk about the uh, the Leviathan effect. I'm still not sure it's good, but I'm not certain that it's bad either. <laughs> it's it's like, B movie good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It's straight to Sci Fi Channel. Yeah. Sharknado. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it reminds me of some effects from like season one Doctor Who reboot, like Christopher Eccleston Doctor Who oh, era. Oh god, that's not a yeah, compliment. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Yeah. <laughs> Except that season aired in 2005, and this is airing yeah. in 2011, or this aired in 2011, so, you know, and that is what that is. I will say, yeah. I think the effect is better when it's not a close-up of the person. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, I wrote in my notes, I was like, at least they had the decency to close on that terrible Leviathan effect. Yeah. (laughs) At least they picked it up for that. So the Leviathan that gets introduced this episode is Sean Owen Roberts, and he is good. He does a good job. He, He was so good that I actually wasn't sure he was a Leviathan when we were first introduced to him. I was like, maybe this is just a dude, and they're bringing back the whole you know, law enforcement angle. He's been in the Romeo section, the magicians as Brooklyn vampire in the tales of the seven keys. Oh, uh, sacred lies. Um, critters, a new binge (laughs) altered carbon psych Two: lassie come home. Huh? Oh man, can we please watch Psych 2 Lassie Come Home for Let's Shag Ass? <laughs> I mean, you know that uh, Zachariah is going to be in it. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. that's like a two for one special, actually. So yeah, I liked him. And, I, and, and Edgar's back, and I like him as well. So He's another person that was in Burn Notice. Oh, really? Yeah, he plays a uh, clinic doctor that has to fight a uh, drug dealer. Oh. It's pretty rad. 
All right. Well, I've been I've been wanting to cover this episode since the dawn of time. Yeah. Um, since the beginning. Yeah, I remember because you were like that fucking Kitsune episode. I can't yeah. wait to rip it apart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I can't even rip it apart as much as I want to rip it apart because Travis hasn't gotten to, you know, the worst. The other thing. What is, in my opinion, the absolute worst part of it. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, the implying that Dean would kill a child is bad. The whole death of Amy is bad. The brothers lying to each other each other again is really bad, especially after last episode where they weren't. Yeah. There's more to come. That there is. Mm-hmm. I just wrote down in my notes, I just wrote down, holy shit, Dean. Holy shit. Holy shit. And I don't even know why. Was it about the kid thing? It might have been about the kid thing. Oh, man. We haven't even talked about so John is mentioned in the background of this in the flashback parts. Yeah, he is. And even when he even dead, he's still terrible. So <laughs> Sam says that you wouldn't like John when he's drinking. Uh, what the fuck yeah. is that supposed to mean? Damn. Like Jesus. So. <sighs> Question, and then I promise we'll move on to the Freak of the Week. Question, does the show want us to like John or respect him or think he's a hero? I think in the beginning, yes. I feel... But now I'm not so sure. Yeah. Ben, what do you think? I think the show wants us to think he's a complicated man. Mm Mm-hmm. That he has his good times and he has his bad times, but I think it both wants us to love and hate him. Yeah. Mostly hate. Yeah. Until, like, something happens way the fuck later. The the only reason why I mention it is because I feel like the show doesn't know, and I think that this is a thing that comes up with other characters as well. Like, sometimes the show doesn't know whether or not they want us to root for certain characters in their decisions. Yeah. And I think it's kind of a problem because the show's trying to push that this character has made the right choice or, you know, this character is ultimately a good person, but that's at odds with their actions. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> Which, again, we'll actually be able to talk about in reference to the Amy thing a couple of episodes from now. So Nice. Yeah. So that'll be great. That'll be a thing. Anyways, let's talk about the Freak of the Week. Yeah. Let's talk about how bad they did. Yeah. Oh, man. So Travis texted us this morning before we started recording. <laughs> what did you say, Travis? Um, I'm going to break it up. Uh, I said... The Freak of the Weeks is going to get wrecked. And it is. <laughs> oh, boy, howdy. It is. Okay, so what did they say about Kitsune in this episode? They're Japanese. Nothing. 
nothing. Well, let's, they say that they have claws and weird eyes and... And they eat pituitary and glands. And they eat pituitary glands. And they can only be killed by being stabbed in the heart. Which, by the way, is not true. Because in both scenes where Kitsune is killed, they get stabbed <laughs> in the stomach and die. Yeah. So, it's not where the heart is. Uh, I don't know if you knew. But now I kind of think that that's where Jensen Ackles thinks the heart is in, like, a woman's <laughs> body. Oh, God. Like, it's like he doesn't know where the clitoris is, but it's the it's the heart. Just kidding. I'm sure he satisfies the shit out of his wife. So, anyways. Um, Kitsune. I love them. I love Kitsune. Uh, they are. So, here's what Supernatural gets right. They are Japanese. They have their origins in Japan, kind of. They are foxes. Did, did Supernatural say they were foxes, or did they just imply? They never said. They never said anything okay. related to foxes. Well, then I don't even think the word fox comes take, up. I'm going to take that. I mean, the word fox does come up because the Japanese word for fox is literally kitsune. Well, I'm, I'm right. the English word fox never comes that's up. That's true. And if you didn't know, then you wouldn't know. That's that back. Yeah. So maybe that's why Bobby doesn't know what kitsune are, because he just thinks it's the word for fox. I don't fucking know. Anyways, this episode is giving me brain rot. Okay, so kitsune is literally the word for fox, but it is also a mythological creature in Japan. And this is actually kind of a question I have. Does that mean that all foxes are magical in Japan? Maybe. So um, they are really, really cool. They're tricksters. They can have up to nine tails. And um, nine-tailed foxes were often, especially in the like Shinto religion and in medieval Japan, they were often worshipped as, as gods um, and, and kind of on the level as, as gods. Uh, the nine-tailed foxes were the wisest and most powerful, um, and and they got their multiple tails. It was kind of like a sign of age, right? So um, the oldest foxes would have nine tails. Um, they would also, as they got older, turn silver or gold, and um, nine-tailed foxes would like ascend to a heavenly plane, right? Uh, kitsune are kind of multiple things mm -hmm. at once. They are tricksters. But they are also faithful guardians, friends, lovers, and wives. Um, they are associated with the Shinto god Inari, who's the god of many, many things, but rice and harvest. And um, hold on, I'm bringing up Inari because I think she's also associated with childbirth. Oh no. Oh no, sorry. My computer freaked out on me real quick. Yes, yeah, so uh, Anari is the god of foxes, fertility, rice, tea, sake, agriculture, and industry. Um, nice. they are represented either as male, female, or androgynous, and, and they're so associated and tied into foxes that they are sometimes, uh, uh, they are sometimes portrayed as a fox. Um, and usually like, 
I've I've really only seen depictions of Inari as like a like in a very feminine or female way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they have sometimes appeared as as a male uh, or depicted as as male. Um, but in so so in the medieval Japan, foxes were you know helpful spirits. They were guardians. They were messengers of Inari and. Um, Anari's foxes were are pure white uh, and and helpful. Anari is, I think, mostly a positive figure. Although I didn't do much much as much research into um, them. In the Edo period, they were thought of as like witches, witches familiars who couldn't be trusted on the same level as like goblins, right, and cats. Ah. Um, kitsune. Like a lot of things in Japan do have their origins in Chinese mythology. Uh, the Chinese mythology version of a kitsune is also has multiple tails. They're also shapeshifters. Um, but they're, it's not very clear on whether or not the Chinese kitsune have only nine tails. Um, it is sometimes suspected that they were depicted with having more. Um, foxes, so... There are two types of kitsune. There are the zenko, um, and then the uh, yako. The yako are also known as the uh, no kitsune. Ah. And the zenko kitsune are the celestial foxes, right? Um, associated with Inari, good, helpful, kind. You might meet an old, you know, a young woman out in the road alone at night. And if you play your cards right, you could get married to her. Nice. The no kitsune or yako kitsunes are the troublemakers. Um, ah. They, you know, they use illusions to trick people into into mischief, but also to sometimes harm people. Um, they would possess young women through their fingernails and the only way to get depossessed was either to take your your young daughter or wife or sister to a Shinto priest or a shrine of Inari. Um, but you could also, if that didn't work, if that didn't depossess them, you could also try beating and burning them. Uh, sometimes families who were thought to have a young woman in their family possessed by a fox were ostracized from the community. Um, buying property from somebody who owned a fox or was possessed by a fox formerly was considered bad luck and you could like tank the prices of what you were trying to sell and people still wouldn't buy from you because of the association with the the nogi nogi kitsune sorry i'm pronouncing all this wrong and i just want to apologize to the people of japan like last night when i was doing this research i swear i listened to these words like ten thousand times so i could try to get this right and i've failed miserably and <laughs> I'm sorry um, Kitsune can do a lot of really cool things uh, you're probably familiar with like Ninetales from Pokemon mm-hmm. uh, the Ninetales can generate like they're a fire Pokemon but uh, Kitsune can also generate like fox lightning they can fly, mm-hmm. they can turn invisible, they can shapeshift again usually into young women um, they can do time shit, like time travel and pausing time. 
And there's also been reports of Kitsune turning into a second moon, which I think is awesome. Uh, back, That's kind of red. Uh, like Kitsune, who were more neutral, or the Zenko Kitsune would like mess with people who were, you know, too big for their britches, thought of themselves as too important. Um, but the really bad Kitsune would just fuck with anybody. Uh, you could, if you meet a young woman alone at night and you suspect she might be a Kitsune, try looking for her tail. Kitsune in human form have a hard time hiding their tails. So if you don't want to accidentally get tricked into marrying a fox wife, you know, be on the lookout for that. <laughs> Although the tales involving like young men marrying fox wives, they weren't necessarily like bad tales. They were usually romantic in nature. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. In fact, fox wives were considered to be good, good wives. Um, oh, also, you know how in the South we say uh, the devil is beating his wife today whenever there's a sun shower? Yeah. Yeah. Just agree. Um, we've had a whole fight <laughs> about it. That's uh, <laughs> why so there was a pause. In Japan, a sun shower is called. And again, I'm so sorry. Actually, I'm not even going to say the Japanese word. Kitsune's wedding. Uh, which is in reference to a folktale describing a wedding ceremony between two kitsune being held in a sun shower. The event is considered a good omen, but the kitsune will hmm. seek revenge on any uninvited guests. Interesting. So, um, kitsune uh, usually can't take a human form when they're young. They can only take a human form after they've hit like 50 to 100. And uh, like the Kitsune face is was considered like a classically beautiful face in Japan. Having, you know, uh, hold on, I found this. Bah, 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 bah. Nope, I can't find it anymore. I had it written down, but it's gone. Basically, like, what was considered, like, classically beautiful for women in Japan was having, like, kind of a fox face, right? Interesting. Also, I don't think we've spent enough time talking about the fact that Kitsune possess people by going underneath their fingernails, and that's horrifying and also kind of cool. Yeah, that is terrifying. I hate that. Yeah. If you meet a Kitsune out in the wild, they might want to play a game with you. This game is called Fox Fists, and it's basically like rock, paper, scissors, except it's Fox Hunter and Village Head. Um, hunter beats Fox. Village Head beats Hunter. Fox beats Village Head by tricking them. You can play this game consequence-free. doesn't matter who wins or who loses. Foxes just like to have fun. Unless you meet with, you know, uh, uh, Yako Fox, because then it might try to lead you to your doom through its dastardly illusions. And uh, there's more. Again, these creatures are really popular in Japan. You probably, if you've watched any Japanese media, you've probably seen them be depicted. One of my favorite characters is actually... Uh, Demon Kitsune, and it's Kurama from Yu Hakusho. Uh, he's definitely a Yako, not, not like a celestial fox, but I love him. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's the Kitsune. So this is 
as you can see, this is another example of Supernatural just picking a word out of a hat and yep. calling it a day yeah. with their representation in the show. So that's cool. Um, I don't even know what this episode would have looked like if they had tried to do like a more traditional Fox spirit. Uh, All right, here's what we do when we remake the show in 10 to 20 okay, years. Okay, hit us. Uh, it, it, they just... It, for some reason, for some magical thing, or, or like maybe some weeb gets a hold of some like hentai magic, I don't fucking know. The show just takes the style of anime mm -hmm. and they actually have to fight like a kitsune. And that's that's the easiest way, I think, to show yeah. it and do it and then actually do it right. Like mm -hmm. maybe they do find a you know, Yako Kitsune, who is tricking people to their deaths, you know, yeah. and is using illusions to, to, you know, kill people. And they're not doing it because they have to eat pituitary glands. They're doing it because, you know, for the, for the lulls, right? I'm going to look up real quick, pituitary gland Kitsune. And if the first thing that comes up is just like, uh, supernatural. I'm gonna be like y'all, motherfuckers. Really, just <laughs> reached into a hat and called it a day. Like I can't even think of a single myth where. Yep, the first thing that comes up is the supernatural wiki. Oh God. So, <laughs> Fuck. I can't even think of a single story where Kitsune eats a human. Like, there's actually a myth where a human eats a kitsune. Oh. Mm. So. Yeah, anyways, fuck this episode. F fuck it down to the freak <laughs> of the week. Um, let's put it behind us. Let's talk about next week's episode. Yeah. What's it called? It's called da 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 bum 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 da 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 Defending Your Life. What's it about? Defending Your Life? Mm-hmm. Uh Defending Your Life. Sam and Dean and Bobby, because they're all back together. Back at it again. They, uh, Sam and Dean and Bobby, they get kidnapped by the Leviathans. But they're not going to get eaten quite yet. What's going to happen first is that Sam and Dean and Bobby need to run in a race. And they need to keep running... Uh, or otherwise they die and get eaten by the Leviathans. Oh. And they just have to keep running no matter what. Well, it sounds like an improvement over this episode. Travis, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, but if it does, we'll talk about it next week on Hey Ass Butt. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have any thoughts on this episode, please let us know, because I get the feeling that this is a divisive episode in the fandom, and I'm curious to know what y'all are thinking. 
about The Girl Next Door. So add us on uh, Twitter at Habcast. We also have an Instagram at Habcast. And then, of course, our Facebook page, Hey Ass But a Supernatural Podcast. You can find all the links to our social media on our website, Habcast.com. And the link to our Patreon, where for $3 a month, you get access to our bonus show, uh, Let's Shag Ass where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. Uh, this month, our LSA is going to be a super fun treat. So definitely, yeah. definitely hop on our Patreon and get access to, to the episode that we'll be recording. I'm super excited for the LSA this month. Oh, God, so excited. Um, I think that's everything. So guys, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, have fun. And don't die.